If you enjoy this podcast, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and visit our website at lifebetweenthevines.com. Now, when I came out here, I thought I would be the one picking grapes. I had no idea the amount of labor involved. And you just get an appreciation for just how hard it is. Um, and it's often really cold those nights when you're picking grapes and you leave sticky and exhausted. But you know that's just the beginning. Discovering and tasting wine shouldn't be a homework assignment. And we believe that the people who are closest to wine have the best stories. So open a bottle. And welcome to podcast number 541. This week we feature Todd Graff, winemaker and general manager at Frank Family Vineyards, Napa Valley. If you take the time to look up the history of Napa Valley, you may be surprised. Wineries date back to the 1800s, and many of those structures still exist. Frank Family Vineyards features the Larkmead Building, which, like many in the valley, could tell fascinating tales if they could talk. I caught up with Frank Family winemaker and general manager Todd Graff to get up to date on what's new at the winery. History is being created right now. You can hear Todd on our Vino Lingo segment defining the term Goldilocks Vintage. I'm in Calistoga, and I am here with Todd Graff. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing great. A little chilly this morning, a little rainy, but we love it. Yeah, very different for Napa Valley. This whole week has been an interesting week. This is being recorded during the week of Premier Napa Valley. Today is a heavy rain day, and man, you guys are getting all of your uh, your prayers answered in a couple of weeks. Well, in one season for sure, and I don't know if it's all our prayers, but uh, it's definitely doing a good chunk of the damage. So uh, most of the reservoirs, like all the small reservoirs in the vineyards are full. Uh, Lake Berryessa is filling up, so it's looking great. And we're getting more rain for the week, so uh, we're happy. Yeah, it'll be good. Hopefully this will make uh, for an even better and a very green spring. Let's start where we're at. Uh, we're in a new building on the property at Frank Family, which is uh, just on uh, Larkbead Lane. What uh, What is the name of this building? Yeah, so this is the Miller House. Uh, this is our new entertainment hospitality center. Uh, um, just completed, so uh, one of the first groups to have in here. So we'll welcome, and um, um, as you can see, we're looking around here. It's an open-air barn, um, some fireplaces, indoor-outdoor, uh, indoor-outdoor living, and uh, we'll be able to host groups in here, wine clubs, and hospitality events, and named in honor of uh, Leslie Frank. Miller was her maiden name. Nice. So, um, God, it would be really a, uh, uh, a broad question to say what's new other than the building we're in, but uh, what's new? Yeah, I don't know. Nothing's going on with us. How about you? <laughs> uh, no, so, uh, yeah, no, actually, um, as everybody knows, uh, Frank Family was acquired by Treasure Estates a little over a year ago, so we celebrated the anniversary in December, and... Um, and uh, it's going really well. So um, a lot of new vineyard sourcing, some new production facilities uh, to use and access. Um, same winemaking team here at Frank Family, so Good. going down the same path. Excellent, glad to hear it. And how many years have you been winemaker here? Uh, I've had 20 vintages. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of a record for wineries these days. It seems like it, yeah, but uh, it's been great. I guess you're going to stick around for a little while. Yeah, as long as they'll have me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you ever make wine on your own on the side? Nope. Really? Yep. I think I'm kind of busy during harvest. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that, of course. <laughs> 
But, um, I mean, you, you meet a lot of winemakers that so just sure. do something. Yeah, yeah no, um, we always had a relationship here with uh, Rich and Leslie that uh, I was either 100% in or, or out. Oh, that's And fair. I chose the 100% in. Good for you. That's yeah. fair. And speaking of Rich and Leslie, are they involved in any way at this point? Or? Very much so. Uh, Leslie is still uh, leading the marketing department here for Freight Family, and Rich is an ambassador at Will. And, uh, but they're, I think they're enjoying a lot of travel and uh and living a great life. Still got the big German Shepherd, I hope. They do. Yep. Magnums, yeah. 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 So uh, they're they're traveling a lot, and and still you'll still see them running around here. And this is this is Leslie's uh, little baby right here. Yeah, it's an extraordinary room. We'll have some pictures in the video of it, just because again, as you say, it's a all year room in terms of opening up the doors, and uh, it's very comfortable. Plus, we've got a fireplace behind you, to the right of you, and in front of you. So <laughs> your fireplace mania today. And we need it this morning. Yeah, definitely need it. It is yeah. it is chilly, as we've already said. Um, let's talk about the wines and and just kind of walk down what you're making now. Obviously this being uh, Napa Valley, you know, Cab is King, uh, but you guys are also well-known for your Pinot. And what else are you making right now? Sure. So as you said, Cab is King, um, but we also probably, if you ask 10 people, five say Cab, we're known for, and the other five will say Chardonnay. So um, as Cab is King, Chardonnay would be the queen, I guess. And um, we have uh, 80 acres down at Carneros, and then along with the Treasury Group, um, they have hundreds of acres down in Carnero. So we're able to access uh, Chardonnay down there and Pinot Noir, it's sibling. Um, we have great relationships with the Beckstoffers and the San Giacomos down there. So they're our largest independent growers. Um, so those are our Carneros wines, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, sibling, same vineyard sourcing. Um, we do Zinfandel still. Uh, it's getting a little more difficult to find Zinfandel in yeah. the main Napa Valley. So our big sourcing is Child's Valley, which is still, it's a sub-appellation in Napa. Uh, the Sinceri Nicolini families uh, farm that for us. Um, so that's still good. And then we have some fun projects. Um, with um, little Sangiovese, tasting room only, nice. um, some vineyard designates, tasting room only, and then we do sparkling wine still. So uh, um, we do mainly tasting room, but a little leaks out into the market, and it's Carneros, uh, Blanc de Blanc, uh, Brut Rosé. Um, our Tete Cuvée is Lady Edith, named after Rich's mother. Mm. And then uh, we do a Rouge only tasting room. It's a red sparkling, it looks like a red, a sparkling Pinot Noir, but picked at Champagne um, maturities and uh, Method Champenoise. So it's awesome. kind of fun. Interesting. Big hit during the holidays. Thanksgiving to Christmas, huge hit. No. Ham, turkey, cranberry sauce. Yeah, rouge. It's that rouge word yeah, that goes yeah. along with something like that. So as a winemaker, uh, and while you don't make your own wine, I'm sure you have the chance to experiment from time to time. Do you get that? Do you? Do sure. That? No, we we play. I mean, when I I've been here 20 years, I brought Pinot Noir to the program because I wanted to do that. Um, you know, different reserve wines or different vineyard designates, but it's still under that path of. Cabernet Sauvignon or Chardonnay. Um, so we're not experimenting with a lot of different varieties. You know, we play with a little Petite Syrah. Um, so when we say Cabernet Sauvignon, also, you know, we have Merlot, Cabernet Franc, 
um, and Petit Verdot in those blends also, but it's varietally labeled as Cabernet Sauvignon. Sure. I often refer to winemakers as mad scientists because you do get that time in the lab to fool around and, and do things. Um, have you ever made something that you thought, well, I don't think the public needs to see this particular um, yeah, yes, probably the, the answer is yes, definitely yes. And, but that's, that's part of our job too is if, um, if it was by design and it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, but sometimes under your best control, the wine will take a left turn too. Mm. And our job is to bring it back to the right. So, you know, we, we, we do get, uh, get paid to keep the shepherd, the wines going down a path that we want to in our philosophy is, you know, we, we have an end point in mind when it, when we pick grapes, you know, we're not just picking them willy nilly and no thought on sure. what it's going to taste like a few years down the road. So our job is to shepherd those down the path. And, um, so if, if they're getting out of, if, think of us as, a, as just, a, you say mad scientist, maybe a sheepdog. You see one go off, you off, <laughs> chase it back into sure. the herd. Yeah. Get it into the herd, and then, uh, and that's kind of the excitement of the job, too. Yeah, that's very exciting. Now, obviously, again, we're in dormant territory sure. this time of year. Uh, we're still in winter. It's, this is February 24th or 23rd? 7th, I think. 27th. <laughs> we're still in February, late yes. February. Bottom line <laughs> is we have this heavy fog. We've had the snow. We've got an amazing amount of rain, which is great. But I know you don't have a crystal ball, but is, is, does this create any kind of a concern for you down the road? What may happen to the vineyards with this water? No, no, it doesn't. It, 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 the opposite's true. Uh, it gives us excitement to see all this rain coming. And, and even the little bit of snow, you know, it was an inconvenience at my house. I was snowed in on Friday and couldn't get out, but, um, and some trees are down, inconvenience, but that snow melt turns into, uh, turns into water, runs down the hill. Um, again, the more rain we can get into the soil, the better at this time. The vines are all asleep, as you said, they're dormant. Um, Napa Valley doesn't get that cold. I mean, it's got cold enough to snow, but it's not in areas where we're going to have frost damage to the vines when they're dormant. It can happen in severe areas, sure. um, but not here or not, hasn't. So this rain's great. Just let it keep going. Fill, fill the creeks and, you know, the reservoirs we talk about, but, you know, what we don't, the aquifer underneath, it, it's got to go down there too because we've been, you know, everybody's pumping water like crazy and we haven't had that much lately. So, um... Uh, this is fantastic. As much as we can, let it go. Now there, come March, in in a month or so, with bud break coming out, right. you know, then we'll have a different, we'll, we'll want it to slow down, yeah, and right. the frost slow down a little bit, and we have measures to control that, but we'd rather not, not be counting on that. So, yeah. uh, so we've got a good two, three weeks of let this happen. Cool. And even the rain then won't hurt, it's just the frost me. Yeah, we don't want frost, no, yeah. that's bad. I'm sorry, it's just so funny you're talking about Napa Valley, not getting cold in your city. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible person, I have to say. So uh, we just got through Premier Napa Valley 2023 with primarily 2021 vintages, but I want to look at your 2022. How did your uh, harvest go, and uh, what are you thinking about what you've uh, brought into the house here? Sure, so there's still pretty youthful uh, wines, but, uh, you know, the... Growing season started well. We got a pretty good heat spike during during the uh, during the harvest that uh, I haven't seen. I've been in Napa for f almost 40 years now. I grew up in Northern California. Um, 
and uh, the heat spikes we saw last year were something we've never seen before. So um, we had we were concerned with that. All the fruit came in fine. The Chardonnays, Pinot Noirs look fantastic. Uh, the reds um, were still evaluated. The Cabernets particularly were still evaluated as we as we go through this. Um, completely different than 21. 21 was a very uh, tight season, very small uh, crop-wise, um, and very concentrated. Uh, this was a little bigger crop season, and uh, um, I think those Cabernets are going to need some work. Interesting. Well, and being that the 21 was, again, the vintage for the uh, auction, um, how do you approach something like that when you're going to put together a lot that has to be exclusive? Uh, for our listeners that don't know, Premier Napa Valley is basically funds the Napa Valley Vintners Association. So these lots have to be very special because these are very high-end bidders. Correct. And so for us this year was, was um, if you think about it, it was actually kind of easy, but, um, but it has to taste good, right? So we picked... Uh, Winston Hill is our flagship vineyard, Rutherford, um, hillside, Vaca Range, steps up the hillside there. Um, great vineyard. We picked the Heart Block, um, which year in and year out, blind tasting that vineyard always becomes the best block. Um, and it is a potential candidate for our patriarch, our best wine, and then Winston Hill, our flagship. Um, so I kept a single barrel separate of pure Cabernet Sauvignon, um, brand new oak, and just kept that as the purity of Cabernet. Nice. That's kind of, and how many cases did you do in your We did five that? cases. Cool. And you did pretty well. We're not going to talk money here, but from what yeah, I Yeah, we, we yeah, well. we, we typically do pretty well, so it's, it's fun. Cool. With the new ownership, and, and you've kind of already touched on this, that you have this opportunity to pick from different vineyards, what you've done in the past, uh, I got to believe there's got to be a certain amount of, I am now a kid in a candy store sort of attitude. Yeah, there is, and in the, in the, specifically with vineyards, as you said, um, Treasury has a lot of land holdings, and, um, and now we're starting to... Um, deal with them as for the future too. So we're redeveloping some land for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir down at Carneros. So it is, and then different vineyards, different sites. They, they own a big ranch in Sonoma side of Carneros and our brand is Carneros, so both sides. They own a lot of land in, um, in the Napa side, so that's fun. And then kind of uh, full circle is, um, I, the Beckstoffer fruit I buy a lot of is old, BV5 that BV sold years ago that if they didn't, it would have been in the fold too. But so I'm still buying fruit from their original vineyards. That's fun. Yeah. So cool. it's fun. Yeah. You know, often I get asked because of what I do, uh, and I'm certainly no wine expert, but people will ask me about vintages and specifically to this part of the, the world, Napa Valley. Are there vintages that you recommend to people that they should seek out if they're able to find them at all? Yes. Uh, you know, we're, we're a little spoiled in Napa because we have a lot of good ones. Yeah. Um, when people ask me about vintages, the best vintages, on one hand, I can usually name the ones that I, I uh, lost sleep over. The other ones are all the ones I was super excited about. Um, um, but I opened a bottle. We had dinners for the international trade on Wednesday night, and I chose to pour our 07 Winston Hill, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, your point of can they find it, that's a whole other story. Different story. But yeah. we've had a series from 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, um, was a sweet spot. And those you can find now, and 
and you know, 12 start opening. You know, we had uh, the 12 patriarch here for dinner for our distributors on Friday night, drinking great. Um, so I think that sweet spot of those 12s through 16s maybe right now would be really good to look at. So when you have somebody asking these questions about vintages that you can lay down, is it just simply your experience and your determination from what you've seen over the years that, yes, this X year, you will definitely be able to lay down for 20, 30 years, something like that. Yeah, it is experience, but you know, you evaluate the wines too, uh, uh, color, density, concentration, richness, um, acidity, um, and you evaluate that way and then make your crystal ball guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? But you are, it's an educated guess. So it's, uh, you, you've, you've evaluated it and said, yeah, this is, uh, this is fun. But, you know, everybody, we, we can get into this. And, you know, what's great about wine is personal preference. Yeah. You know, the 11 vintages, the rain was almost like it is today during harvest. And we were like, oh, no, geez. But now those are a lot of talked about wines right now coming out 10 years later now. And people loving the 11s. They call them the winemaker's vintage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is something. How would you define that? How would you define a winemaker's vintage? Yeah, well, I think if you're going to say wine versus a, maybe a grower's vintage, um, some years just get the heck out of the way, right? Um, and the grapes come in and everything's perfect. 11, for example, and I think 21 with, excuse me, 22 with the heat will be more of a winemaker's vintage too, to, um, to help direct the wines a little more and where we have more influence in the wines because Mother Nature might not have been perfect. It wasn't a Goldilocks vintage. <laughs> Has anybody ever called a wine Goldilocks before? I was curious about that. Um, you obviously you've been doing this for a good long time. Who, who's your mentor? Who's the person or persons that really influenced you? Yeah, you know, so I got out of, when I got out of Davis, first job was at Phelps, and that was just that whole. Story. That was your first job. Yeah. Wow, you really just. Yeah, but I, yeah, I was pretty dang lucky. Um, and then, um, but again, more organizational structure, where you were just, and they just did everything right, and then, um, then after a while, I ended up at, at Schramsberg. Same thing. Oh, you just couldn't find a good yeah. gig, could you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then it was uh, organizational structure and just a group of talented guys. We and it was friendly, friendly rivalries, trying to just make great wine together, and, and everybody was competing at a super high level. So you get used to that team environment. And then with, with, uh, with Stromsburg, they sent me off to start a winery in Portugal part of the season. And then it was just like, okay, there's no parachute here. You're, you, you're, you're jumping in. So uh, learn to swim. And I think that just takes you to the next level of you, you got you to gotta do it um, and figure it out. It's you sort know. of a fear of God thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, those things were all great. And then, you know, here, at, you know, Rich Frank's been nothing but a mentor. Um, you know, it all starts at the top. And his, his thing, every doubt, just do the right thing. Pretty much boils everything down. Pretty simple decision. Just do the right thing. Sure. Oh, I think it's true of any business. When yeah. you've got somebody at the top that influences you and that yeah. you genuinely like, you're going to do your best for them. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Too bad all businesses aren't that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're so lucky to be in this one. Yeah. Well, and, and that is a 
almost a commonality in the wine business because there is that competitive nature and there's also that camaraderie, best of all, because you're all farmers. And you know, and as I said, half of us went to school together. The other, and then the other half, you raise your kids together or your neighbors. And uh, um, and it is, it's a friendly rival that we want to do well, but we want to clap for somebody else who does well too. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun, and, and globally, you know, I, I say, you know, it's, you got beautiful scenery, great food, great wine. Most of them are near the ocean, so it's, uh, uh, you can get around. It's just a, it's a great industry, and it's small still. I didn't get to ask you this question when I first interviewed you, which was, I think, six or 700 years ago, yep, as I recall. Uh, roughly. Yeah, something. Uh, you do plenty of press. You are interviewed plenty of times. Uh, for all the times you've uh, done this, what's one question that you've never been asked that you would like to be asked? Ah, uh, funny. You can take a moment. Yeah, good, thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm a kind man. Yeah. Um, Time's up. <laughs> yeah, no, but, you know, as, as you said, but everybody's asked, how'd you get into this why? Every, the, the hows and whys. Um, I don't want to feed you anything, but I will give you one example. Somebody do. said, you know, what would you have done if you didn't become a winemaker? Well, I would have been a dentist or an aardvark trainer or whatever. No, I, I joke about all the time. If we have prohibition again, I'm probably down at Home Depot driving a forklift. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't even say prohibition again. Oh. Um, we but, were so uh, lucky we didn't live at that time. <laughs> no, yeah, none of us would be doing this if we, uh, yeah, maybe I would have been, been making a sacramental wine. Yes, um, of course. Yeah. Very sacramental. I think the first time I drank wine was an as an altar boy, so uh, you know I could have just kept that going. Were you doing that before you poured it in? Because that's what I used to do. I'm just curious. As a fellow altar boy, yeah. I tell people that yeah, they're so shocked. Yeah, the first time you drank wine, well, I think it was back in the, uh, the behind the church. You uh, leave a kid alone with a bottle of wine. What do you think you they're going to experiment. do? And, and with altar boys, you know, there's more than one kid. You're never by yourself. Oh you, no, you always had other uh, you youthful criminals. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. What is it that you love about wine? Oh, I just love everything about wine, but that's, uh, you know, it's like we just how lucky we are um, to, to live here, to travel the world. You know, I got into it to live in Northern California, travel the world. When it's raining, work inside. <laughs> when it's nice, <laughs> yes. be outside. You know, so you got to call your, your, your shot. You weren't out. You know, I didn't mind digging ditches when I was young. I just didn't want to do it for a living. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know if I wanted to sit in an office all day for a living either. So, and this just married everything. Um, but that's a common, you know, ask. And it's just the gel and the, and the, the people of this business are fantastic. Um, Is there, was there something that you would like to have said you know, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, no, I like to usually, I don't know if I have or haven't said it, but like, you know, my philosophy, you know, don't take too much credit, don't take too much blame. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's a natural product and we're out here farming, we're out here making wine and um, without being too corny, a little bit like children, you know, you, you do your best every day. We know we do here. And at Napa, I love that we play at the top of the pyramid here. So we have to do our best every day. And just like you raise your children as best you can, still one day that kid's going to pick up a rock and it's going to find a window. <laughs> no matter how good of a parent you are, a rock's going through a window. <laughs> and I, I don't know this for fact, but friends tell me about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so, sure. uh, yeah. And God, you know, God knows I never hit 
broke a window much. Um, Not today, uh, anyway. Yeah, not today. And anyway, so I relate it to a lot like that. Don't take too much credit and don't take too much blame. Just do your best every day. God, this is almost as if it would be a great sin, but uh, do you ever take Napa for granted? No. Um, And what's fun, I never get tired. I live in Angwin, so up on the hill, Howe Mountain, drive down the... But when I drive from Calistoga the town to Carneros, because I'm in vineyards all day during the growing season, I never get tired of that. I never do. And what's even more fun, it doesn't happen a lot, when I'm a passenger in the car. I see something new. I never, I've, I've driven by a hundred times, but I'm focused on the road or something, and there'll be something I'll see as a passenger, and I'll go, wow, that is cool. And, and the, the, you know, the, and the wineries are so... It, we, there's, we all know a handful of super fancy architectural digest wineries, and you can still find more. You know, you'll find a new one. Yeah. You go, oh, my God, that's brilliant. And so, uh, no, I never do. And, again, we're very fortunate here in Napa. You know, just drive over the hill. We're in Sonoma County, and there's a whole nother differences. And then, you know, another 30 minutes is, is the ocean. So we're so lucky. San Francisco's an hour so. We're so lucky here. Well, you even go down some of these side streets. You see buildings, places, some houses that are just incredible. Victorians and your, yes. your eyes pop out. Yeah, yeah no, it's a, it's, it's a fantastic spot. It really is. Yeah. There has been a great amount of change in the valley. There's change everywhere you go. That's just part of life. But the valley is so much of a special place. You can do certain things. You can't. It takes forever to build a new winery or whatever. How do you see the change that's happened in Napa Valley? Well, a lot of it's... I mean, let's take the optimistic. A lot of it's for the positive. We are trying to farm better, um, do the right thing in in the winery. Um, a lot of wineries are going solar. Um, sustainability is a big thing. It's using less water. Um, we're trying to do all that stuff, and and um, I think that's all for the positive. Um, Trying to be good neighbors uh, to each other. Um, it's already that way with this, you know, our our friendly wineries all around the road, uh, uh, borrowing and sharing equipment as needed. But um, you know, there's more people here. Obviously, um, there's track like during har during harvest. When I sample vineyards, I only make right-hand turns. Yeah, you never. Yeah, because yeah, you'll never get anywhere if you try to make a left-hand turn. Um, jokingly during the pandemic, I was like, oh my gosh, I can leave point A and get to point B in the exact time I thought I could. Well, we have all these great people visiting us because it's a nice place. Sure. That slows us down a little bit, but so, and we're getting more and more people, but I mean, we want them here. That's, that makes us excited. Um, we get, because of them, we get great restaurants. Uh, we didn't even talk about the food here. Um, we get great restaurants. If um, we didn't have the tourism here, we wouldn't have all the amenities either. Um, so um, that's great. But, and so how to, how to deal with that? Um, and and we're, we're learning a little bit, but um, I think we're doing a great job on, on trying to protect the resources we have, farm better, um, and I think that's that's the biggest thing is trying to farm better. Very good. That's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, for our listeners who'd like to learn about you as well as Frank Family, um, what is your website? Sure. It's uh, frankfamilyvineyards.com. Um, it's a great website, um, actually. It's really uh, kind of a cool website. Check it out, and you'll there's stories going on. There's blogs in there all the time, and uh, it kind of takes you through a day in the life. 
so it's a, it's a fun website. Excellent. Well, hopefully it won't be so long between interviews again, but thank you for taking the time. Oh, Ray, always good to see you. Good seeing you as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Learn more by visiting frankfamilyvineyards.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast at lifebetweenthevines.com or sign up to our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Life Between the Vines comes to you from Fifth Floor Recording Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Produced and edited by Ray Fister. Our host is Kay Paskoff. Our web geek is Dan Gisha. Original music by Ray Fister. Copyright 2023.